The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. It's the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah, they already did the theme song, huh? Welcome to <laughs> The Wizard and the Bruiser. I'm the Bruiser, Holden McNeely. And I'm the Wizard, Jake Young. And uh, this week, we're going to be the very best like no one ever fucking was. Woo! 20 years ago, a bunch of Japanese weirdos had an idea. An idea that the Nintendo Corporation invested some money into, and then everybody got fucking richer than Jesus. <laughs> Famous rich person, Jesus Christ. Famous well-known rich man. <laughs> Lover Christ. of money. According to the Catholic God. Church, the very rich, Jesus uh, H. Christ. We're, t- we're, t- we're going to get into the history of Pokemon. It's their 20th anniversary, Pokemon Go. Uh, as Sweep in the nation. Faded. Instantly yeah, faded instantly after a gone, month. Huh? They should have just been like, this is a special event, one month only. Everybody get involved. And for the rest of our lives, we'd be talking about it. Make it like a McDonald's Monopoly game. Like, where like, it only they only pull it out once every couple of years. And everybody yeah. freaks out over it. Yeah, it would have be been cool. amazing. Now, I don't even know who still plays it. But the new one... Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon is coming out in November, and everyone is losing their shit for that one because they got Alola forms. They got some new Pokemon coming out. They got that weird bug that looks like a bus. I'm really excited about that one. <laughs> and that owl. Let's not forget the uh, cute the owl. The cute owl with a little bow tie. Jake, uh, I think I'm going to get it, and I think I'm going to play it. And I haven't played a Pokemon game since the OG Pokemon, <laughs> Red and Blue, baby. I had the blue. My buddy back in... Um, I think it was either late middle school or early high school. I do remember we were a little too old for mm-hmm. it to be, like, considered okay Correct. to be playing it. No, uh, there was, like, because the anime was total baby shoes. Yes. And so, like, but you could still play the game. Because the game was a fucking great game, especially on the Game Boy, uh, which, let's get into it. Yeah, well, I, I was to finish that, my buddy came up to me. He was like, you got to get this new game. You have to get it mm-hmm. because I have that first half of it and you need the other half so I can collect all of the fun little monsters and I was like hey man are you okay is your mom all right is something going on at home and he was like no dude I'm dead serious I'm into this game where I collect a bunch of monsters and I need you to go to a retail store and buy the other cartridge so that we can collect them all there is actually a little bit of a parallel because uh the same way that Pokemon Go was a huge uh, sensation that you know Everyone got a hold of because it just used the device that was already in your pocket and was incredibly social. The original Pokemon game came in late into the original Game Boy's lifespan. Like mm. the Game Boy had been out for mm-hmm. uh, in Japan, it, had been out for seven years. In America, true. had been out for 
uh, even longer because of the delay. And so, like, just to give you an idea, Pokemon Yellow, which was a part of the same kind of generation mm-hmm. as Red and Blue, they, it sort of came out a, just a little bit later, came out on the Game Boy Color to sort of adapt the Game Boy to the Game Boy Color. And if you remember, that was like a ways into the Game Boy life lifeline. But it made it social. It took this device, this yes. popular device that was in every household, and gave it a brand new life. Um, and that was always the concept that uh, Satoshi Tajiri, the creator <laughs> of uh, the Pokemon franchise, he saw the link cable and he felt that there could be much more to be gotten from this. Some some people who are already Pokemon enthusiasts already know this, but uh, he was obsessed with insect collecting. Th- Back in his tiny, weird Japanese town. Well, uh, it was a suburb of Tokyo. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't in Mak- Machida. Mak- Makita. I can't pronounce it. But uh, yes, famous for um, donuts. Uh, famous for donuts, and um, th- th- they also uh, on once a year they would eat their own shoes. <laughs> <laughs> One of those statements is a lie. <laughs> Old bread shoes, Makita. We'd say. Uh, so a lot of old Ninten- a lot of Nintendo games have bug catching mechanics. Mm. There's uh you know Legend of Zelda has mm. catching bugs, Animal Crossing so. has catching bugs. It's kind of just this genteel kind of uh, uh pastoral pastime associated with bygone days. Is it bigger in Japan though? I just well I guess I guess bug collecting was a thing here, huh? Yeah, like instead of like weirdos Stuff. pinning butterflies in little boxes yes. in Japan you would like spend all day searching for like a huge ass rhinoceros beetle, catching it and then bringing it to your friends and then they'd all watch them like fight to the death yeah now did their bugs have special lightning powers (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) except for a few scorpions that can shoot flames because of the nuclear (laughs) devastation now it makes sense because their bugs were crazy they could talk they had powers i forgot about that whole side effect uh there's okay so let's go all the way to the past i'm not talking about the 90s i'm not even talking about the 80s i'm talking the 70s okay because that's where this begins where uh satoshi Toshi Tajiri was obsessed with arcade games. And in, that was like Space Invaders. That was Pac-Man. This was the late 70s, early 80s when arcades ruled the school. And this was a burgeoning art form. And he was actively failing his classes because yes. he would sneak out of school just to play Space Invaders. Which, if you've ever played Space Invaders... Not a great game. I know, like, right? It's okay. It but was like- a simpler time. I, I wish my my brain could go back to the days, you know, of of our of our parents, where where Pog or whatever was um, Pog Pong Pong. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> But like Pong the, was but was like insane, and it was you know. I don't, it just feels weird. It feels like if you found out like your your kid nephew like almost failed out of high school because he was super into Wii bowling. Like it's yeah. not there's not that much depth. Right, right. That he maybe saw something more inside of that machine than than the than the rest of the society. Right, and uh, that love that almost ruined his life and earned him the disapproval of his parents. Yes, uh, he found himself uh, kind of alone in this love, and that same dedication made him produce his own zine literally yes. handwritten photocopied and distributed to the various anime and manga stores. and what was the name of that zine game freak <laughs> That's what he was, a fucking outcast, a delinquent. Every single time you open a Game Boy game and you see the words like Game Freak, you shouldn't hear like Game Freak. You should hear, yeah, man, I'm a Game Freak. It's like the (laughs) 
punk version for Japanese people. You know, he's just like in the underground fucking working with video games. Um, also, his friends, because of his interest in bug collection, called him Dr. Bug. <laughs> I, I think is kind of funny. Dr. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. How is Dr. Bugo? Not already your nickname, Holden. <laughs> yeah, right? If anybody wants to scream Dr. at me on the street, if they happen by me in the city of New York, for cripes sakes, go for it, you heathens. And uh, through that publication, he made a lot of friends, including uh, an illustrator named Ken Sugimori. Yes. And he assembled a small crew of people who were dedicated to this burgeoning art form and saw its potential. And after a couple of years of being an obsessive nerd, like all obsessive nerds, he looked at the landscape and was like, mm, this sucks. I could do it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and Game Freak became a development company. Yeah, just overnight. I mean, can you he imagine? He taught himself programming yeah, he, to make his first game. He didn't go to college. Was he a college? No, he did not go to college, Correct. right, at all. He dropped out of high school and then later went back and um, I think picked up some classes in order to at least get his high school diploma. And he taught himself how to develop, the uh, how, to, how to make games. And their first game was called Mendel Palace, where he had to kill a bunch of dolls by sliding... Four it's a, tiles. It's around. a decent imaginative puzzle game. You can tell why it never really uh, caught on in Japan. It was called Quincy. Yes, it was called Quincy. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, from there, they made a few other games, including uh, the ones that some a lot didn't actually make it over here. But that Yoshi puzzle game for the late Nintendo. Yeah, um, I saw that when I was looking at stuff. I didn't even write it down because I was just like, it just called Yoshi. No. I don't even know where to begin you know, to Yoshi's, try to figure out what game that is. You talking about Yoshi's Cookie? No, uh, Yoshi's Cookie was a similar but different Yoshi. I don't know, like Yoshi Mania was sweeping the nation for some reason. Nintendo was like, oh, puzzle games. It was it was bad. Yoshi's Cookie sounds like a creepy sex game you don't want to play with your uncle, by the way. I mean, if you're if you're going to have a game called Yoshi's Cookie and the character Yoshi's going to have that real slippy tongue, you're gonna, it's some ass-eating, unconscious connections are going to be made. Yeah, I just made a whole, you just gave me a whole epiphany about how good Yoshi would be at eating ass. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like sh his tongue is like shaped like a butt. We don't need to go yeah, into No, it. everyone gets what they want. You just have somebody ride Mario riding Yoshi behind the princess. Princess is getting her butthole licked, so she likes it. Fucking Mario's just punching Yoshi in the oh, back of the okay, head. Right, he loves it because he likes hitting shit. What's Donkey Kong doing? Making money off the whole thing? Just throwing money around? You know, Lakitu's filming the whole thing from his little cloud camera. Oh, uh, guys. I think we might be the first people on the internet to imagine what if Nintendo characters <laughs> We're going to make so much money off of this one. Uh, so the point is that Game Freak was a small development studio. But they had this idea in the back of their heads, uh, one where young adventurers go out into the world in this kind of idyllic version of the Japanese countryside, and they uh, collected monsters and little capsules and uh, went across the world and traded them and battled them using the link cable. And it was an idea that they thought of and like truly believed in, and it was called... Capsule Monsters. Yes, Capsule Monsters. They could not get with. the name for the trademark, so it became Pocket Monsters. Why couldn't they get named the name for the trademark? Capsule Monsters were actually a thing from uh, the Ultraman series where he had little, like, monster helpers in his pocket that he could, like, bust out. 
Uh, also, like in Dragon Ball, there was the Capsule Corp. The idea that there was like something hidden in a little like pocket-sized thing that could like explode and. What is it with the Japanese and their little capsules? Because I know that there's Gachapon. like there's vending machines mm-hmm. with the you know I mean of course everyone talks about the vending machines with the underwear in them. I'm sure there's like one of those among fucking millions. But even like lately, um, I've been watching like a playthrough of Shinmu, and you know there's yep. like the capsules and that. Like they're obsessed with the, with getting things from capsules in a way that I, America never has been uh it's uh it's dense enough that like you can actually like keep the distribution network it, there's a lot of things but you know it's compartmentalized and they really like that over there they, they like their compartments they like to shove things into tiny things and have them be kept there <laughs> in a way this idea is like the ultimate japanese property like if it it feels like it had no choice but to succeed because it takes everything that's cool about like Japanese pop culture, including like Godzilla and Ultraman mm. and Power Rangers with all these like creative creatures. Heavily inspired by Godzilla uh, and Ultraman. Sanrio, like all the mm-hmm. uh, Hello Kitty, like just collectible cute characters. So like no matter what, no matter what kind of person you are, you're going to look at this cast and find like you're going to be like, well, I don't like those guys, but. Oh man, fucking Diglett. <laughs> fucking Diglett gets me. Diglett fucking gets me. Man. I don't have no legs. People compare me to turds. I'm a Diglett man. Um and uh It is funny cuz it's it's that that is so true. Like I I you know, especially also forcing you in the very beginning of, you know, and we'll get more into the game in a second. Giving you the choice. Giving you the choice mm-hmm. to to choose to choose your your guy, mm-hmm. you know? And you know, for me, to not only choose it but to name it throughout the entire mm-hmm. process, uh this was key to the core design documents is that you name your Pokémon. You decide what moves it has so that even when you're trading, it's not no one's is exactly the same. Yes. Um and even, and on top of that, uh it's an RPG. It's Final Fantasy. Yes. It is, it is, a, it is a very Japanese uh, game genre. Let's throw that in there, too, but let's make it so simple, so pared down to its barest essentials as, as an RPG that anyone can jump in and play. It's baby's first RPG for sure. It's actually, this This kind of blew my mind. I was actually doing some last-minute note-taking. When you consider, like, Dungeons & Dragons, Final Fantasy, World of Warcraft, uh, like, the entire, everything that is encapsulated within the idea of a role-playing game of like character stats and management and type bonuses, Pokemon is the most popular role playing game that has ever existed. Absolutely, it is, the, it is the most dominant uh, expression of that idea. I mean, it's not hard to to make that conclusion um, if you know that it is the second highest selling video game franchise below only Mario. Uh, that's uh, so. This is this blew my mind as well. Uh, the when Red and Blue came to America, it was a incredible phenomenon. One of the most culturally dominant commercial properties ever, and it sold in America uh, 9.85 million copies. Whoo! That's an insane amount of, of copies of a cartridge game. What? But hear me out. In Japan, it sold 10.4 million. Wow. And that's not even including uh, Pokemon Yellow. Wow. Yeah, that's before even that. Yeah. So, like, Japan is dense but it's even so like everybody oh right japan's so tiny and compartmentalized (laughs) (laughs) that's right so yeah that's insane so like literally every single person and their mother had it back in japan so bigger than gundam so is pokemon bigger than gundam let's answer the hard questions here absolutely bigger than gundam all right well Um, there you go here especially with merchandising and everything (laughs) they had to uh in 1998 like when they started the uh when they brought it to america and the rest of the world 
they were so swamped with uh, merchandising opportunities and licensing agreements that they had to start the Pokemon company as a separate entity. Mm. Uh, even though po- even though Nintendo owns the trademark, the Pokemon company uh, can actually like make executive decisions on the direction of the franchise. Um, so, flashing back, <laughs> our rogues gallery of fucking nerds <laughs> who make shitty, barely, like, like critically okay, commercially eh games actually successfully pitched Nintendo this idea for Pocket Monsters. Well, I mean, kind of. Nintendo didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about from the way I've read it. That they, they, they just Their other games had enough to them. Their other games were impressive enough that they said, you know what? Go, just go for I don't get this, <laughs> but just go for it because I don't know what, you know, what Mario else. Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto had one note. Mm. Uh, they looked at the proposal, and his note was, Oh, it'll encourage trading more if you sell two versions of the same game. I mean, isn't that like the fucking <laughs> fundamental ass like thing about it that there's I two just different? Like a, we we were praising this idea as like the ultimate money maker, and fucking Shigi himself was like, you know, we'll make this twice as much money. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean that you know, and 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 Miyamoto was to uh, Tajiri. Miyamoto was a a mentor, mm-hmm. and he 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 had a lot of influence come from Miyamoto, especially in the character designs and things of that nature. Kind of the way he made the you know them look. Um, sort of what is it? What is that? The way you know. I, there's some science behind Mario and you know Charmander and Pikachu and these characters that that, that like there's just so welcoming to the eye. It's almost like um, oh they look like uh, babies. Yeah, it's like Mario but, is just a weird hairy baby. And and it's like a song you you a new song you hear and you're like I feel like I've heard this song before. You know I feel like that's what these characters like they're instantly iconic. You feel like you've you've already been living with them for mm-hmm. years. You know there's just a way that those characters look. I couldn't figure out exactly why Pikachu was... I mean, I understand that in the anime, they couldn't give the main character one of the three uh, starter Pokemon, because then for 66% of the audience, Everybody. they had picked the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Pikachu just like is just a yellow baby. I've said this on uh, <laughs> several occasions, is that if you just look at the proportions and look at the face dimensions, Pikachu is just a yellow baby with bunny ears that can electrocute things. Have you ever seen, I don't know about you um, and your lady, but if my girlfriend sees a baby or a puppy or anything on the street. She tries to capture it and force it to yes, fight. Yes, everything stops. We stop. Whatever we were talking about I was like, you don't pay enough attention to me. No, I be- I've been hearing it all day, woman. And I've been like- busting my ass down in the podcast mines. <laughs> <laughs> Digging up treasure troves and Pokemon facts. And then she's everything, boom, baby. Oh, she's everything stops for mm-hmm. the baby. And I think that that's kind of a lot of why Pikachu, and then you throw it out there that he can only say one thing over and over again and it's his name so let's get his name in your ingrained in your fucking head pika 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 that's it man it's over it's uh i feel like even though pikachu is is brilliant i feel like the real the real crux of pokemon is is the point that no matter who you are you're gonna find one that gets you yes you're gonna be like yo man stunfisk 
I love me some stun fisk. He's like a he's like a depressive flounder. Because also, well, and then there's the secrets and the mysteries, and and that's such a huge part. Am I jumping? Am I like jumping here? Okay. Well, uh, we got to talk about because this is this is one of the core things, the conclusions I came to when we uh, when when trying to figure out what it is that made Pokemon such a revolutionary force. Uh, so Game Freak got the okay, and they spent. Six years refining six and years. working on this, designing characters. Tajiri wasn't taking a salary. He was living off of his father's money at the time, just mm-hmm. try, try to get by. Um, so Small yeah. loan. He's a real Trump achiever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> by the time this episode airs, our new president will our be. Our new overlord. <laughs> I believe he has to be referred as the overlord will be. Uh, yeah, but anyway. I love overlord. <laughs> um uh, you know, they're refining designs, and this is key, is the Game Boy is an incredibly weak system. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, at the time, the scale of what Pokemon was, with all the sprite work, all the environments, all the interlocking systems, which even though it's a simplified RPG, they have to they have status elements, they have all, these, all this math going back and forth, and this is an amateur team of programmers. These are not hotshots. These are just guys that loved games and wanted to make some of their own. They were writing this game in assembly language, which is is literally one step above just typing out the zeros and ones yourself. This is not C++. This is not basic. This is incredibly hard to program for. If you make one mistake, it fucks everything up. And they were going through revision after revision after revision. And it's and the original games are janky as fuck. Yeah. The original yeah. games are so janky that there's glitches all over the place. The missing no glitch. The missing the, no, the famous yeah. missing no. And I believe I did catch a missing no myself. I did. You had the to glitch. follow all the steps. All you the did. little steps. What's yeah. missing no? Oh, okay. Yeah. Missing no is this like final secret extra, extra Pokemon. Because there's 151. First of all, there's Mew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which um, even in the advertising for Nintendo, uh, f- from my understanding, the developers did not inform them that Mew was in the game. So even the... They violated a contract technically because uh, one of the programmers, Shigeki Morimoto... Gekis, uh, for short. Love them Gekis. Uh, <laughs> removed the debug tool that they were using, which oh. left like 300 bytes of data, which was just enough to introduce an extra Pokemon. And so he added uh, Mew, which was just kind of alluded to as like the mysterious ancient Pokemon that led to Mewtwo, mm. and added it with no way of actually accessing it because he just thought it would be like a fun thing to do to just like fuck with the extra uh employees at Game Freak to show that he put it in there even after Nintendo was like, all right, it's done. Don't touch it. (laughs) But they quickly capitalized on the idea that now there was this special mythical creature that could only be accessed through special events. And uh, the idea that in this game of collecting, you had to go out into the real world and like wasn't it stores? What didn't you have to go like stand in line at like a Best Buy or something to like get it from an actual like Nintendo employee or something like that? They were events across the country in America. They by the time by the time Pokemon came to America, it had already been out in Japan for two years and sold ten million copies. That's why if you were a kid at the time, the advertising blitz was so hard because they knew what they actually had on their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the day, Pokemon was just this like pretty good, <laughs> pretty good RPG, and then. They had a contest for, uh, I forgot the name of the magazine, Koro Koro is, uh, is, it's the crux in the name. And it was like, hey. Which translates to big ass tits. <laughs> uh, and you, you had to enter a contest and if you won, 
you could physically send the cartridge to Game Freak and they would send it back with Mew. Whoa. And they were expecting like a couple thousand entries and ended up with like something close to 80,000 <laughs> individual entries. Whoa. It's it's uh, it's very rare that like games, uh, I mean now with MMORPGs and a lot of other things, the, the idea of rewarding hardcore players for going the extra step with in-game kind of trophies that actively are useful uh, is is just 101 like game design right but the idea that going out and like finding the rarer pokemon and trading for them and going for real world events to get the even rarer pokemon that you could then show off to your friends and get your tiny grade school dick sucked for yeah yeah and uh, and just and just secrets hidden in a game right mm-hmm. i think that became bigger a little bit late well i wonder if this is around the time with like mortal kombat 2 mm-hmm. and stuff like that where again promoting you going into the real world and talking to other people and getting information like there is a hidden character there's a thing that we don't know about that we have mm-hmm. to uncover you know just made the game so much more tantalizing as back then i mean now i feel like there's kind of no room for that right i mean right. you know you can just break open the code you know a speedrunner will just break open the mm-hmm. code and figure out exactly what's in it so if there's a hidden game file we'll know it'll be on the internet in no time before the game even gets released in america if a game nowadays had a two-year uh head start in japan before it came to america there would be 18 youtubers that had already picked it apart there'd be rom hacks everyone would have like there would be no secret yeah left. somebody's already you know they, uh i already have to keep myself from watching somebody play actively persona <laughs> 5 right now in this yeah. exact instance so that i can play it for, for uh, blindly you want to make sure you're surprised by all the waifus yeah exactly right i don't want to know i like the there. one that's kind of rich and not into it but then i warm her heart <laughs> with my bravery in <laughs> one way actually that's you know one could argue that persona 5 was a direct uh, result from pokemon yeah yeah um a lot of a lot of the mechanics in that game but anyways uh, back to Mew and Missing No. Oh, okay. So Mew was definitely in there. Missing No was a glitch. And the game itself was really glitchy because of this assembly language uh, programming by amateur programmers that, like, the game, uh, there are specific scenarios where the game will crash because of bad math in the code that will make the game try and divide by zero on an infinite loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you know, there are all these graphical glitches. Items can appear and be replicated. Uh, their save function was very important at the time, but that causes all sorts of weird problems. I kind of remember doing item replication stuff. If you had the missing no glitch, you were already, yeah, you were already well on your way. Okay, cool. Uh, Missing No obviously was a glitch Pokemon where it you caught a po- it was I forgot the exact steps but you got them you basically caught a Pokemon that had no number attached there were no values attached so it essentially became just a weird wonky pixelated mess of noise it kind of looks like a barcode Marcus it's just this bizarre it just was like another one thing to get in yeah. the game once you got everything else Missing you know? No stands for missing number missing which number, was the yeah. error code oh. yeah yeah. Probably throw that in there too, yeah, yeah. and had the power to fucking tell your mom she's a bitch. So, <laughs> so you really wanted to get that one. So if that was in there, then literally anything was possible. Right. So all the rumors came out. There were trickles of information as the new games came out in Japan, but then it would take another two years for it to come to America. So there would be rumors of like hidden, like you could find Pika Blue, which was just one of the new Pokemon they announced in Japan that hadn't made it over to America Hmm. yet, and so people were, like, thinking they were in the original games. Being a kid Mm -hmm. and being able to spread that rumor, to spread, like, the fake, but, like, you know what I heard? I heard there's this Pokemon that's, like, gray. Yeah. 
but like you gotta fucking play for like ten hours straight to find it. <laughs> like yeah. now you can't do that anymore because a kid can just go online yeah. and search and find that's not tr- not e- true. Exactly. But back then, exactly. Back then you could just fuck with everyone. Sky so was more. sky was the limit. Oh, yeah. the shit we were saying was in Pokemon was in Mortal Kombat was in <laughs> you know like it was ridiculous. Did you ever hear Poke Gods? No. I someone told me and I believe them and I spend just hours trying to level up my Blastoise beyond like 99 or 100, wherever. And because the idea was there was a fourth evolution called Poke Gods, <laughs> which in Pokemon X and Y, they finally introduced Mega Evolution, which actually did give all these like classic designs like huge beef ups and power. But the fact that this game was so janky and broken that anything could happen was a huge part of its success. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's that's kind of, you're kind of illuminating that for me, for um, sure. And 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 the complete cuz I I just have to say, I have a very I actually it just kind of hit me in my in my frontal lobe just now or wherever memories happen. I'm not a brain scientist. I'm never going to be a brain scientist, Jake. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. If Satoshi Tajiri can make Pokémon, you can just tear open a amygdala. I promise to the people of America, right now I will go back to brain school <laughs> and finish my degree. In brains, but until I do that, until such time occurs, I, I really remember collecting them all. I remember the moment I got them all, and this feeling—I had such a feeling of satisfaction. And I definitely turned the game off and never went back to it after that. But there was just a moment when I had every single one of them. I just felt like the shit. It was like the—it was like the most fulfilling, one of the most fulfilling video game, at least in my early years, video game experiences I ever had. Yeah, uh, the feeling of capture, the feel like that tension when you're like throwing pokeballs and. Oh, yeah. rock. It, it, was, it was an amazing just convergence of everything. On top of that, the game itself is very simple. Like when you play through the game, oh yeah, you know, there's only so much room on the cartridge. The sprites are so tiny, and they would deliver just like little uh, uh, Lavender Town, like the big spooky haunted ghost uh-huh. ghost area. Like you would just get all the, the spooky music would play. Yeah, and uh, you would just get all these little bits of flavor text, and then in the mornings. You would watch the anime, yeah. which would fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And this was also another big deal that it was, uh, you know, there'd always been toy and video game tie-in games. But the anime, which as of this is still running and is currently at 947 fucking episodes, Whoa. not counting like the specials in the movies. See, did the movie, did Pokemon the first movie come out before the anime or was the anime first? Anime was first. Okay, because I, I, I also remember coming out, uh, coming out, I came out to my parents um, and then I came, <laughs> went back in. I was like, I think I'm Mother, actually straight. Father? <laughs> I think I just like Pokemon. I'm not actually gay. Uh, but I... I remember going to the movie. The, I saw the first Pokemon movie in the theater. Again, way too old. Really high. I got mm. incredibly high on marijuana for that and had a great time. In oh, a, very man. inappropriately. When Ash just like looks at Mewtwo that just like wrecked a bunch of Pokemon with this infinite psychic power. And it's like, I'm going to punch him. Yeah. And then he fucking dies. Sick. I'm sorry. He gets turned to stone. But uh, I like, fucking, he is dead. I, Everyone is dead. Like oh shit he just died and I, then Pokemon and then uh, Pikachu cries on him and he comes back oh, oh yeah I remember that this is a real real powerful moment it's like a very cloudy memory but I remember that um, <laughs> so yeah The Simpsons by the way is is currently at uh, 593 episodes oh wow just to give some perspective yeah it goes hand in hand the toys the game and the uh, and the anime all just like feed into each other into a loop so you can just be lost in this universe. 
Uh, and it's still going today. Pokemon Go was an immense cultural phenomenon. Uh, the new Crazy. games are always Pokemon Go. Five five hundred million downloads worldwide for Pokemon Go. How fucking completely insane is that? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the stats are completely insane. I mean, everybody knows what it is now. Everybody, even you know, what kind of what's funny. One of my favorite was Kevin Barnett's quote about Pokemon Go. It's like. Some of y'all had to be people that, you know, made fun of us for playing this game back in the day, right? Like all the people, you know, now it's like so universally accepted, you know, it's not just a nerd thing. It's not a little kid thing anymore. It's just completely okay to like love Pikachu. Whenever I see a grown adult playing their 3DS on the subway, it's inevitably they're playing uh, one of the Pokemon games. uh, And people call the 3DS a lot of times a Pokemon machine. Most people use it completely solely for, which actually leads me to my, I haven't played since Red and Blue. Jake, mm-hmm. the new ones are coming out. Is I, I think I'm ready to play a Pokemon game again. Is that what I should get in November? Uh, yeah, I feel like that's the one you should get. I What's remember- the best one, re- like of of the last? You know, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough because. Inevitably, these are children's games. Right. I remember I got X and Y. That was the last one I played, and I enjoyed it a lot. It was interesting seeing all the Pokemon in 3D. There's a mini game where you can hand feed them cream puffs. Okay. Uh, Sounds erotic. But then after a certain point, like after the fifth tutorial section, I was like, oh, no, I'm playing a baby game. Right, 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 right. And I even remember that when I played it on the Game Boy, because I remember, like, my fucking Bulbasaur was, like, completely OP Mm -hmm. and early. And I, like, just walked (laughs) through the whole, like, I crushed through the entire fucking game, pretty much only using the Bulbasaur Mm -hmm. that I had from the very beginning. Uh, I had a really, I had really strong memories of Pokemon Platinum. On the uh, on the original DS, okay, uh, but the new uh, Sun and Moon is just around the corner, and then you'll be caught up with everyone. I and say, I'll be playing the game. Hold on to your playing. dick desperately until that happens. I think I'm ready for a baby game. I think yeah. I need a baby game in my life. I'm Mister. I'm Mister Dark Souls. Mm. I think I'm ready to go like a full 180 and just be playing playing Pokemon. So this was just the first wing. This was just the 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 or this was Pokemon Origins, and it's. It's honestly, we could keep talking about this. We'll, we'll probably do a follow-up episode I'm somewhere. Sure along the line. we're going to return to Pokemon in the future. This is just our first little dip in the in the kiddie pool. Um, be sure to use Surf. Uh, <laughs> before we leave, I just want I just want to ask you, what is your personal favorite Pokemon uh, on a personal level, and mm. then which one would you uh, want to own as an actual actual creature? Let's see. Personally. Um I mean, I th- well, I hate to, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Bulbasaur because mm-hmm. um, he was my bro. He kind of got me through the hard times and everything. Which one would I want to own? Um, what's the, the, what's the shitty fish? Magikarp. I'll own a Magikarp. <laughs> Just flopping around behind I, you wherever you I go. I like an underdog. Uh, Marcus, is there, is there a personal favorite that you have? I never played. Pokemon <laughs> at, at all. I'm, I'm I'm at the well. I mean, what's your favorite demon? Oh, uh, Azeroth. There you um, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I'm always gonna have a soft spot for Beelzebub. I know everybody says Beelzebub. I know. He's but the Pikachu of he's demons. Like, he's like he's the New York Yankees of demons. <laughs> <laughs> I would have pegged you for a Moloch, and this has been a really riveting discussion. <laughs> I bet you, Jake. Uh, I would like to own a uh, Machamp. Uh-huh. Which was the big wrestler guy with four uh, arms? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because yeah. Oh, okay. I could like convince people he was just like a disabled man. 
<laughs> and be like, this is my very strong friend, uh, uh, Matchy. I'd like to get a drink with Mr. Mime. Oh, no. like would get, you yes, though? I want one drink with Mr. Mime. And uh, my favorite, my favorite, like personally, was uh, War Turtle. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed just how he was like Squirtle, but cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Uh, another episode of the Wizard and the Bruiser. Please uh, go on iTunes and give us a rating. Um, oh, a couple of corrections, really quick. Ian Flynn, uh, who uh, actually writes. For, uh, wrote for the Sonic the Hedgehog comic book, not illustrated. And um, I said that Dota stood for uh, Dawn of the Ages mm-hmm. instead of it really stands for Defense of the Ancients. I was going to correct you during the episode, but I was like, well, Holm did his research. I, maybe he knows some inside shit. <laughs> no, I'm just a complete fucking idiot. Hey, where can we find you on Twitter? At Holdnators on Twitter, at Holdnators Ho on Twitch, making it real confusing for everybody. Jake? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Best Jake Young. And uh, please do leave a review on iTunes. Spread word of mouth. It's literally the best way to uh, get us onto more ears. That was a terrible sentence. <laughs> but also, it'll just be another fun thing to talk about with your friends. Be like, hey, remember that time they mentioned dicks? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. Well, have a good one, everybody. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 